Hello and welcome to today's Sunday podcast. Today, Pastor Michelle Davenport will be preaching to us about this is only a test and will show us how God is always with us through all the tests and trials of life. I want you to open your Bible to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8. But uh, Lisa, I am throwing you a little bit of a curveball for those of you that are not in the building, it won't matter to you. But for those that are in, if you like to follow on the view of verse, uh, I did not give her this one, but I want to read this one first out of 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to begin in verse 22, and I'm reading from the NIV. 2 Timothy, it's a lot of twos, 2 Timothy 2, 22, the NIV. I want to read that before I go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, and I just threw that on her. So if you're watching on the screen, give her just a moment, and it'll be there. But in that scripture, 2 Timothy 2, 22 and through, uh, I'm going to read all the way through chapter 3 for a moment. It says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and little kids, plug your ears, and stupid arguments. I know that we don't say that word when we're small. I know that. But this version used that word. Because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents may be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil, who has taken them captive to do his will. But mark this, there will be terrible times in these last days. I want you, maybe if you've got your Bible, make sure and put a little note there so that when you get home, you can read more about that because I believe we're living in that moment right now where the enemy wants to bring us into quarrels to cause everybody to be our opponent. We're at war everywhere all the time. And the Bible says, but mark this, because there will be terrible times in these last days. Now, I want you to turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to begin reading in verse 2. The Bible says, the Lord your God led you in the wilderness to humble you and to test you and to know what was in your heart. Now, how many of you are like me and... It seems as though, I could be wrong, it seems as though that little, we interrupt this program. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. Does it seem like to anyone else that that is becoming more common? I remember it when I was young, and it would come on when there would be storms or things like that that might be approaching. But now they give it to us when we've got an amber alert or when we've got a missing child, when sometimes when there's bad weather. It seems to me as though they are alerting us more than maybe what they have done in the past. And so I want you to understand today, this is what I want to leave with you. This is only a test, okay? This is only a test. A test. I need you to really just let that. I've preached other messages messages to you before that I've used that title, but this is not it. But this is only a test. 
I want you to think for a moment that you are an Israelite. Now, this is going to be uh, very familiar to where we are living right now. But you're an Israelite, and you have been recently freed after a lifetime of slavery. You've just experienced uh, uh, this, this frightening moment that we love to watch, this movie called The Ten Commandments, where Moses stretches his hand out, and all of a sudden the waters roll back, and, and you see them marching on dry ground. Now, that looks cool on TV. But I'm telling you right now, my heart would have been going pitter-patter the whole way across. I'd have been looking and saying, what in the world? Hurry up, but what in the world is holding that up? Have you, can you believe this? Do you see this? I am without a doubt am sure I would have been freaking out. And remind yourself of the Lord has just allowed these ten plagues to come that has forced the delivery of these Israelites out of 400 years of Egyptian bondage. Hmm. And so you're, you're, what's interesting about that, though, as crazy as it was to watch you walk through it and to be going, wow. This, can you imagine the little children? I, hurry up, hurry up. Josiah, come on, Jeremiah, you know, Isaiah, you know, they were all like bibiblical names back then. You know, come on, Joshabed, come on, come on, everybody. We got to go, we got to go. And, and hurrying them along, and they're going, Mom, do you see this? Dad, why? I mean, can you imagine how long it would have taken just to get your children to get across there? Who needed TV back then? I mean, my goodness, who needed Charlton Heston? They had the real Moses, they had the real Red Sea, and they had the real wall of water. But can you imagine that being the case, and you seeing that God held the water back for you, only to get to the other side and now watch that same water that God had held back for you now destroy the enemies that moments ago you were hearing the hoofbeats and you were hearing the chariots. And the fear that had so gripped your heart now has a different sound. Hmm. I mean, can you imagine just going, yay, God, yay, God, God is on my side. Yay, God, yay, God, God is on my I bet they did a dance, right? I mean, maybe not that ridiculous, I'm sure. I'm sure their dance was better than mine, and their song was probably way better than mine. But I imagine when you see God do something like that, you have great confidence because you're like, look what God just did for us. Okay. I mean, and that's when you have the best praise service, right? Woo, he paid my bills. Yes, I got money in the bank. Woo, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's your praise dance for that Sunday. Or you just got the promotion and you're like, yes. You get on the front row and you're like, I'm going to give God my best praise. Yeah. Yeah, and you know how you get. I've seen y'all. I'm trying to keep it down, but I've seen y'all, okay? And the reality is that, that that was one moment, and now, just a few days later, you are thirsty, you are tired, and you are hot. Now, I can be thirsty, I can be tired, but that hot thing, whoo, I get irritable. Now, I come from the land of Texas where it is hot, dry out there in West Texas in particular, 
And I can tell you, we can be some cranky people when it gets really, really hot because our temperature is different there. Here in Atlanta, we have the humidity. So we get in the 80s and the 90s. In Texas, you get up to 110 with very low, low uh, humidity sometimes. It's still hot. It's hot no matter how you slice it. But now you're at the threshold of this promise that God's given you, and now you're wandering aimlessly in a desert with serpents and scorpions and, dare I say, maybe even snakes. Now, this is not a scene I want to be in. If the Lord wants to cast me in a movie, I do not need to be in this one. You can have the starring role if you want to. I will be in another movie that he wants me to be in. Here's what I want you to understand. These are just days later. This is important for us. Days later, before, before we were dancing, we were singing to the Lord, and, 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 and now, uh, now we're complaining. You might, let, let me put this in a context, you'll understand. You know how you get on that vacation trip with your kids, and you're like, man, we're going to the beach, it's going to be awesome. I mean, you, like your car is packed down to the gills, like some people that are watching by live stream, they're, they're, they're out in the beach right now, we know. That's okay, not mad at them, but they've packed it down, it's all filled up, and then the children start saying this, how much longer? I got to go to the bathroom. He's touching me. And you go through that for three hours to where when you get to the beach, you don't care that there's a riptide. Just get in the water. I am so over you boys. Go out there. Do you want to touch anybody out there? Get out there. It's because what happened, what was once joyous and exciting and, and thrilling, now becomes a difficult season and now if we're not careful we begin to complain and this is what they said why have you brought us out to Egypt to to kill us to kill our children to kill our livestock and to with thirst like you want us to be out here and not have anything to drink do you believe this is what this is what I want to ask us in a season right now that we are living and we're seeing all of the stuff that we're seeing and oh my, are we seeing it. If you were taking any moment of time to be on any type of social media, to be on any type of television, probably if you were listening to the radio, it is coming over every airwave system that it can get itself on. So if you were, if you were listening to any of that, you understand that we are in some perilous times. And here's what happens to us if we forget that God is the one leading us on this journey. We get out here and we get hot, we get thirsty, we get irritable, and we're saying, how much longer? I'm over this trip already. I'm done, God. I'm cranky. I'm fussy. And can I ask you, though, the thing that you have to ask yourself, do you believe that God delivered you out of that to only bring you out here and let you die? Is that the, would God have done the incredible trick that he did and said, watch this world. They will be talking about this forever. That would he do that only to bring you out into the desert where, yes, there's serpents and scorpions and snakes and it is hot and it is dry and you are thirsty, but would he have done that to just bring you out there 
to go to a desert of confusion and just you can't even hear God. Isn't that how we feel, though, sometimes? I mean, let's be real. 2020, my God, it's going to be the year of vision. Woo, we going to the promise. We can't wait to get to 2020. Y'all was shouting in 2019. You were so glad to be done with 2019. If we can just get our foot in 2020, my God, I'm going to have vision. He's going to pay my bills. It, I'm telling you, God is with me. And we stepped in 2020. We just tipped our toe in 2020. And the tectonic plates of the earth, the cosmos, started shifting and shaking. And oh, he was God in 2019, all right, because he's going to be our God in 2020. But now we are in month six. First of all, how did that happen? Okay, that, that's the first thing I'm trying to figure out. I do believe we are time travelers now. I'm like, I don't even know how to explain all that, but I'm like, my Lord, time is just different than it used to be. And so, so now here we are, we're in the wilderness that God has led us into, and there's purpose for the dry times. And I want to help us with just a few things. One of the first things that God does is he humbles us. <laughs> Ooh, there's some humbling happening. Humble pie for everybody at the table. We all having to take a piece of humble pie right now. And it's not bad. He humbles us and then he tests us. And he does it so he can see what's in our hearts. See, this is where our world, not in America, this is a global issue now. God is testing our hearts to see what's in there. Now, here's what we have found out. We didn't know all that was in there. Mm-hmm. See, what we're doing in church right now with our mask on, I said, that ain't no thing. We've been doing that forever. We just couldn't see it. It wasn't a physical mask. We've been wearing masks to church for years. We've been wearing masks to Walmart for years. We've been wearing masks to our doctor's office for years. You just couldn't see it. But we've had them on. Because we would only let you see a part of us that we wanted you to see. We only want you to see the glossy part. That's what we, the shiny part. Ooh, I got my shiny shoes on. You see my shiny shoes? I'm dancing on Sunday in my shiny shoes. I sound like the devil when I get to the parking lot, but woo, I sounded like Jesus when I was in my shiny shoes on the front row. Can y'all tell I came to preach today? I'm going to help you. I'm helping me. I'm not just helping you. I'm helping me too. Okay. So how does he humble? He says there in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3, he said that he allowed you to hunger and he fed you with manna. He allowed them to hunger. See, see I've heard Bishop Jakes preach it this way. God doesn't waste any scraps. This means to all of us, that even though we walk through difficult seasons and even though we walk through trials and even though we walk through times that go, what was that? That didn't make any sense. What happened to 2020? Did 2020 like self-implode on itself? What is going on? This is what I want you to understand. 
God is using this to humble us. He's using it to cause us to be hungry for him because the next statement tells us that he fed them with manna, okay? Now, you're going, what is manna? Well, that's what it means. What is it? What is this? It was supernatural food that the Bible tells us that the angels even ate. Now, that's pretty cool. I've never had manna, have you? Tell me about it after church if you have because people think you're crazy. But the Bible says that Elijah was strengthened for a 40-day journey on two cakes of manna. That's incredible. And, 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 and the Israelites, every morning, they would go out and they could, they could get their field. They could get what God would allow them to get, a day's amount of manna. And they can go in there and, man, they could have some manna soup. They could have some manna bread, fried manna. I don't know. Whatever way you can figure out to make it, I think they probably made manna. But, but here's the thing. Every day they got a fresh deposit of manna. I, I, hope I, can, I hope you don't just hear the story. Do you understand where we are in our nation today, in our world today? People start wigging out and thinking, God, where are you? Did you know anything about covid did you know that we were going to see the civil unrest in our nation alone? That we, God, you got to get up. get up. Get out of the bed for crying out loud. Do you see? And we get into this panic mode, don't we? Because it's different than what we thought. 2020 looks really differently than what we saw going in. But early in the year, you know what I heard? Hindsight is 2020. And I had God's word on it. I said, what that means is, if I can just keep my little self at the foot of the cross, I can see all directions. I can see it all clearly through the cross. He has clear vision through the cross, whether you're looking forward into the future or whether you are on this side looking back, whether you're looking on this side to try to connect with our brothers and sisters. It is the cross that causes us to have clear vision. So we were looking to a year, and God's saying, I just need y'all to get humble and get back to the feet of my cross. But here's the thing. These folks never missed a meal, but God said, I caused them to hunger. So what is he talking about when he says they had to hunger? Um, I don't know about you, but um, I like variety. I like beans. But I don't want beans seven days a week, probably. I mean, I like them, and you can give me all different kinds, black beans, pinto beans, kidney beans, um, chickpeas. You know, you can just add them green beans. You can put them all in there. But I don't know if I want them every day, every day of my life. But here's what these folks had. They just had manna. Not for, not for a diet. Like, I'm going on a two-week diet. I'm not eating no bread for two weeks. Man, you are really suffering, aren't you? Two whole weeks. I'm not going to have any sugar for two whole weeks. Now, you know on week three, you're about to go somewhere and get that little cotton candy-dipped ice cream that announces on uh, Dairy Queen every time you go down the parkway. Uh-huh. You're going to fill up. But let me tell you something. This went on for 40, 40 years. Of this diet 
We're six months into 2020. Just six months. We, we've only had two major crises. And we like, we're about to lose our minds. Like, what is the world coming to? Where are you, God? We know we saw the Red Sea, but what have you done for me lately? That's kind of how we get sometimes. So, so now here's what's happening. We start whining over eight days. We've been here a whole eight days. We done saw the, the ten plagues first go all the way back. Plus we got all of the, of the um, uh, treasure of Egypt. We're carrying that out with us too. Okay, mind you of that. So you got that. You got money in your pocket. You, you've got all, you, all your provision is made for you. You're out. You got out of Pharaoh's hands. Now the walls are standing up for you. You go through. And then the enemies that were after you, now the Lord has allowed the water to crush down on them. They're no more. The Bible, and I love to preach this, they have been extinguished like a wick. I love that. That's how you extinguish a wick. It's gone. No more flame. That's exactly what the Bible says about Pharaoh and his army. But here's the thing. That, that he didn't give them the things that their flesh wanted. I know the struggle we're all having. I just want to go back to normal. I just want what my flesh wants that it wants. I know what my flesh wants, and I just want to go back to normal. I just want to go back to a routine. I just want to da 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 and I just want to da da and da da and da da and da And the Lord's saying, I have manna for you. I've delivered you out of something, but if you're not careful, you're going to run right back into the same bondage that I've gotten you out of. Because it wasn't what they wanted. So, so how was it, how, so literally for, for us, and to put it in context of where we've been, we were shut up in house jail. They were shut up in wilderness jail. So they were stuck there. They, they couldn't go anywhere. Y'all just walk around in circles. I mean, you're out here in the hot blazing sun. I'm going to feed you every day, but this is not going to be some big merry-go-round fun ride. It's not going to be Six Flags. It's not going to be Disneyland. This is so that I can test your heart, that I can work on your heart during this season. Because they, they, they had what they needed. God had given them protection. He had given them that the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. He had so protected them. But it wasn't what they wanted. We want our own house. We want the garlic and the leeks. You ever been that way? I don't know if you were raised in a house like I was raised or not, but it wasn't really one of those houses that you just really, I don't mean that they were mean about it, but especially when I was young and especially when I was at my grandparents because my grandparents had nine children and, and then all of us grandchildren. You weren't one of those children that got to sort of put your order in like you do at Wendy's or Chick-fil-A. No, and I don't want any croutons. No, and please don't put in those little carrot things on my, uh -uh, I don't want that either. Can you just put a little cheese? And will you just put a little, little bit of sour cream on the side? Will you just put a little thing of sour cream? I didn't grow up in that house. It was the food that was prepared, and I was invited to come to the table had I wanted to eat. 
and I got to partake of what had been served up for me. Now, if I wanted to be a starving child, that was my right and my choice, and I could do that and say, I revolt, I hate green beans, I don't want to eat green beans, and they'd have said, see ya, good night. Hope you make it till morning. I didn't grow up in that house. So when I read stuff like this, I'm like, man, but the people that did, this is tough because it wasn't what they wanted. Every day they're seeing the same scenery. You think you have been crazy in your house for three months? Imagine seeing the same scenery for 40 years. You think you're stir crazy. This is called perspective. 40 years. Y'all, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to tell you how far past 40 I am, but I'm further than 40. And I can tell you, I would not have done well in the same, seeing the same, even the same people, y'all. People, uh-uh, the same people? No, I would be like, I'm sorry, I cannot talk to y'all today. I have to go on this side of the camp because this side of the family has done got on my nerves. And that's just real talk. But can you just imagine just desert everywhere they went? Desert, 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 desert. And the Bible says there in Deuteronomy 8 and 3, so he humbled you, he allowed you to hunger, and he fed you with manna that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what God did, in essence, is he removed anything that would have satisfied the desires and the wants of their flesh while still meeting their needs. I'm wondering if this year 2020 has been such about clearing our vision. We thought we had the right vision, but God knew that we had stuff that was impeding us that he said, I'm going to allow you to go into 2020 and be hungry, be hungry for me so that you have to really test and try your heart. And I have to really begin to work it out and say, what is of me and what needs to be laid aside so that when you step into the new season, you don't have any anything that's weighing you down from the past. That what if 2020 was such a year about getting clear vision that God said, I won't let you take into the next decade what you had in the last decade, but I'm going to give you a whole year. I won't make you go 40 years, but I'm going to give you a whole year to get this thing figured out. What if he's not doing it just for a church? What if he's not just doing it for people? What if he's doing it for a nation? What if he's doing it for the whole globe? Because lest you know this, I think you know this, it wasn't just America got, got shut down. Even today, Ireland is still shut down. They don't even get to come out until later on in the month. I'm telling you, the world has been shut down. Who but God? You ever seen that little Staples button? That was easy. That was God. That was easy. Even if it wasn't God-ordained, and, and I know people are trying to figure all that out theologically, even if it wasn't God that, that made it happen, but he allowed it so that he could use that to test and to try our heart and show us I'm meeting your fundamental need and I'm creating the hunger in you to test you. It's a testing year. It's a testing ground. That's what you do when you go to the eye doctor. What do you do? You sit through an eye test. I didn't know I was going there. An eye test. 
And what do they do? They check your vision through an eye test. What if 2020 is not an, anything more than just a vision test to say, I got to make sure that when you get on the other side of this, you've got sight to see by the spirit and not just by what your flesh wants. Because I didn't say you that you would walk by your flesh. I said you would walk by the spirit. You will walk by faith and you will not walk by sight. And if all you're doing is going around seeing garlics and leeks and, oh, I want cabbage and, and I want and beans, and lentils, and I mean, God, is that really hard? And he said, manna, manna, I'm sick of manna, I hate manna, I don't like manna, I want to go back, I just don't like it, I hate it, these people are on my nerves, it's hot, I'm tired, <sighs> and here's a newsflash for us. You know, we like to talk about the fact that their shoes and their clothes never wore out. Women would have been ticked off. <laughs> They'd be like, are you kidding me? This whole thing? I got to wear this for 40 years. Do you see these shoes? These things needed to be left at Goodwill in, in Egypt. But I carried them with me, and now I got to wear these shoes for 40 years. Are you kidding me, God? Instead of saying thank you that I've got shoes on my feet, that I can step on the serpent and the scorpion and they will not harm me. Aha. Uh -huh. Do you see what's happened to us? We have Americanized the gospel and that's part of our problem. We have to de-Americanize the gospel along with a lot of other stuff that we've messed up and we've got to begin to get back into the word and say, God, what does your word say about it? And I got to let your word get in me until it transforms me, until it changes me, until it absolutely makes me into what it is that you have in mind. I can't even get started on this. I can't, I can't, I can't. I believe in all of this about letting your children, you know, you can be whatever you want to be, do what you want to do, live the American dream. That don't work for people of God. I'm sorry to tell you, newsflash. Maybe you'll never want to come to church after this, but this is the real deal. I'm going to tell you the real deal. When you give your life to Jesus, you give him all your hopes, your dreams, your plans, everything. And then you say, now, God, what is it that you had in mind when you built me? What is it that you had in mind when you framed me in my mother's womb? What was that? What intention did you have when you allowed your breath to breathe into my nostrils and create a living being? What was your plan? Not what was my plan. What was your plan? See, nobody wants to hear this kind of message in the church anymore. But I'm going to tell you why. This is why the church is struggling with days that we are living in today. See, my grandmama and my granddaddy, they didn't have trouble because they had been fed the true word of God. And because of that, I mean, I've heard the stories and when they lived through some of the most perilous times of their generation and how they just move through it. You just move through it. And you just get on the other side of it. And God just deepens his work in your life. 
we have, we have, I'm afraid we've built in the church spoiled church members. And that's why I have said again and again, coming back into a building, if we don't let God change our heart, this place won't fit us. And I can tell you what you'll start saying. Well, you know, I, I just, I don't even know if I really get fed there anymore. I, I just, you know, I don't, I just don't know if I really like those people. Let me tell you what it is. God's saying, I'm giving you manna, and you want garlic and leeks. Now, that doesn't mean you can't ever leave the church. So let me just put that right in there. So you're going, oh, my Lord, we're stuck here forever. Now we're in church jail. Dear God, COVID has really messed up the world. No, that's not what I mean. What I'm saying is that deceptive spirit comes and begins talking to you this stuff, talking you out of the blessing of God. Talk, I want you to understand that 40 years was just a test to get to the promised land. 40 years was just a test. It was testing their heart, testing their humility, testing their trust in God, testing will we put him above everything else? Will we put him above every other God? Will we put him above our own fleshly desires? Will we really keep the covenant that we made when we say, whatever the Lord says to do, we will do? That's what they said. They said that at Sinai. And so he begins to put them through the test. The Bible tells us in Numbers Chapter 11, beginning in verse 4, it says, Now the mixed multitude. <laughs> does, does anybody read their Bible? Does anybody read your Bible? What is going on in 2020? Did not just magically fall out of the sky, and we ain't never seen this before. Are you reading the words with me? Now the mixed multitude, you do realize that Egyptians... Came to, know G, came to know Yahweh and came out with them. They were smart. Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to the intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? Doesn't that sound like, how much longer? Now you've heard it. Here's what they said. We remember the fish which we ate at Red Lobster. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. You want to talk about drama. These were the first drama people. Our whole being is dried up. There's nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. You may not want beans for dinner tonight. But if you want some dinner, there's beans in the cupboard. And if you are, you know what my mama used to tell me? When you get hungry enough, you'll eat it. And I believe in the church, that's what God's waiting on. He's saying, when you get hungry enough, are you hungry yet? When you get hungry enough, the murmuring and the complaining will stop. Because have you seen your kid? Oh, I've seen, I wish I could act it out, and I wish I'd have gotten one of the children to act it out. Oh, my Lord, I can see it. You know how when they get in that back seat, and they know you are done, and you're not giving in? And they pout. 
for the next two hours. You're not getting them to move. Do you need to get a drink? Like now they're mad and they can't talk. Fine. You, and you know what my mother said? That's fine. You can thirst to death too. When you get thirsty enough, you know what? You'll learn how to use that mouth and you'll learn how to say yes, ma'am. See, I wasn't thirsty enough. My mama knew she's not hungry enough yet. Because there comes a time when you get over your sassy, rebellious, complaining, murmuring self, and you finally say, you know what? I guess I might as well humble myself under the mighty hand of God because you know what? He's the one who's got all the food I need. He's got all the nourishment I need. He knows when to drive that cloud right in over my head and protect me from the hot, dry, scorching fire up there called the sun. He knows how to cover me. He knows in the night I would freeze to death out in the desert. So what does he do? He drives this pillar of fire over me at night to take care of me. I guess, I guess, he does know what he's doing. I guess he does know this is just a test of the emergency broadcast system. You will get through to the other side of this test, but you will get through it a whole lot better if you will shut up your murmuring and shut up your complaining. You won't make everybody else miserable around you. You won't get your offense all on everybody else, but if you'll just talk to me, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches in glory. See, they had left Egypt behind, y'all. That's the example of the world system. Don't miss what I'm telling you. We are in a shifting in this moment. The kingdom of God is advancing at a rapid rate right now. But the people who do not have eyes to see, all you see is chaos. But if you have the eyes to see by the Spirit, you see that one kingdom is being overthrown by another kingdom and another kingdom is being overthrown by that kingdom and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords will soon, very, very soon, be sitting his foot down on his throne and saying, I am King of Kings and I am Lord of Lords. But if you get caught up in this, I want garlic. I want, no, God's saying, I'm bringing you out of a world system. I said, you'll be in the world, but not of the world. Ooh, Jesus. And I want to tell you this. Here's the dangerous part. The condition in Egypt was full of bondage. It was full-on slavery, full-on, full-on. Why do you think Moses became a murderer? For the same reason that we're getting so riled up right now. When you see injustice, that's what Moses, that's what happened to Moses. You hurting my people. Uh-huh, uh-huh, you hurting my people. So I'm going to take you out, dude. I'm going to take matters into my own hand, which is what we're seeing in our nation right now. See, the Bi people, do you understand the Bible is the Bible? Everybody trying to act like we ain't never seen this before. Have you read your Bible? 
The B-I-B-L-E. That is the book for me. I stand upon the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. It starts you at the beginning, and it will see you all the way safely through. And every intermission that comes in between. But the bondage seemed preferable to the dry season. I'd rather go back to Egypt than be out here in this hot, dry, I don't even like manna. I hate these shoes. I left my good shoes back in Egypt, and I just want to go back to normal. And God's saying, you remember that great big wall of water? You remember those ten plagues? You remember that death angel that I told you I'm going to put you in house jail? Not so that you could feel like you were in jail, but to save your life? Do you remember that? When I told you go and get the blood and put it over the doorpost and the lintel, and I said if you'll go in your house and you'll stay there, I will cause the death angel to pass over you. Anybody remember that? See, nobody wants to talk about it. It's COVID. It's just COVID. I hate COVID. Well, so does God. But God will use COVID to get a hold of our heart and to test our heart. So then the Bible says in Psalms 106, he says, and he gave them their request. See, this right here, this little piece of food right here is where Michelle has been dining. And this right here, this is, this is where I, because listen, <laughs> so they ate meat and quail, and they were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. They were not deprived of their craving, but he sent leanness into their soul. <sighs> My God. Do we have people with full bellies and leanness of soul? Would that not explain the church of today? We have full bellies because our flesh has been satisfied. Our cravings have been satisfied. But we have a leanness in our soul. We have no substance. If you read that really carefully, you will see that he gave them so much that that, it wasn't meat sweats. Meat would come out of all parts of their body. So, so much meat. He said, you want meat? I'll give you all the meat you can eat. But the leanness in your soul, the leanness in your soul will cause you to not be able to make it. If you don't have substance in your soul, if your belly is all that's filled with garlic and leeks and onions, but your soul. See, some people's souls have not even able to been able to endure six months of 2020. You see what I'm saying? Their soul, they've been lean in their soul. That's where we have to work on this as a church and say, okay, God, I'm done with the complaining done with the murmuring if these are the shoes you say I got to walk in for 40 years then so be it we're going to be all right with this I'm going to polish these bad boys up every way I can at night and I'm going to make them last and you're going to help me make them last 
because it's that leanness of the soul. And remember, those people did not make it to the promised land. Their children did. That's what I want the church to hear today. That if we're going to pass this test that God has us in, that we don't yet know, it's still, it's still veiled. We don't yet know what it's going to look like on the other side. And that makes us anxious. It makes us nervous. It makes us uncomfortable. It makes us whiny. You ever seen whiny church people? They are not fun to be around. They wanted what they wanted, and they died in the wilderness because of dissatisfaction. Here's what I want you to understand. In our land today, the world is thirsty. We're dry. We're in a thirsty land. But there's this time of testing that we're in right now. And yes, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. There are going to be days when we think, God, I might perish. I might not make it. But I want you to understand that the Lord is testing us to say, are you going to seek my face? Are you only going to seek my hand? Which is it? Because in Second Chronicles, I read to them Wednesday night, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, Pray, the third one, seek my face. Not seek my hand. How do we even seek your face, God? How do we do that? That means getting past religion. That means moments like we had a moment ago where we're just like, we're going all in. We don't even know what it looks like on the other side of it. But not just a church. That means when you do it in your own home, when you do it in your own car. You're in your shower and you just, the glory of God just comes in that shower. Whatever it is, but that you have made time to seek his face. Because I'm telling you, when you see the face of God, everything on this world, on this earth pales. It pales in comparison to him. Let me tell you something. We're going to see what you see marching in the streets, right or wrong, whether they're doing it right or wrong. It's a mixed multitude of a Joshua generation. Now, they need some guidance, and that's where the mamas, don't just say, you just go out in that street, and if you want to do what you want to do, don't do that. I saw one little mama whooping his tail. I mean, a grown and grown youngin out there. You're not going to be out here doing this foolish. It's not like this. Now, I don't mean you can't protest. Do you see what I'm saying? In, in fact, let me just hang on one second. Let me just clear this up. You as believers today are a part of a protest. You are part of what's called the Protestant protest, Protestant reformation. You some rowdy people in your past. What that means is, is that in a church in Germany, there was a man by the name of Martin Luther. Not Martin Luther King Jr., but Martin Luther, the original Martin Luther. 
that as he began to seek the Lord and as they began to gather, they began to see that there was something more than the church was preaching at that time. There was this justification by faith. So many things today that we just take for granted and we're like, I don't even, I don't even know any doctrine of the church. I don't know any theology about God. Just things that we come, because we just come in for the religion sometimes. We deny the power, but we just have the form of godliness. But Martin Luther went and got what's called the 95 Thesis that begin to share with the church, these are the things that God is saying is the new next wineskin. And he protested against the church. And guess what? And those doctrines of the faith are now what we are a part of. We even go a little further. We're a part of the evangelical church who have now continued on and said, we believe in the full gospel, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that it was not just for the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, but the Holy Spirit is still alive and well today. So I just want to tell you, there are proper places for protest, okay? Yes. So I'm not here to, to down those people. That's not even what I'm suggesting. What I am suggesting is that when someone hasn't guided them and directed them, and when there are just people out there just trying to have a spirit of chaos, do you see there's a vast difference? There's a very vast difference. And when you are an unmothered and an unfathered generation, what other way do you express your anger than to just, let's just blow everything up. Let's just tear the whole town down because nobody has taught them the value of that. So that's what I'm saying. As a body, we have to lovingly love people to life and say, come on, I'll get out here and help you protest. That's what I've loved about seeing some of the good law enforcement people that are out there who lock arms with the protesters and say, you're exactly right. Injustice has to stop. And I want you to understand your God is a justice fighter. If you're wondering, if you're going, well, is it in the Bible? Does God fight against injustice? Absolutely. And if you'll remember, that is one of his natures as well. He is going to sit as judge. And everything that the enemy has thought he's gotten away with down here on earth, there's coming a day. There is coming a day when the enemy will have to give an account for everything, every diabolical, demonic thing that he's ever done on this earth. Every kind of uh, conspiracy theory that maybe you thought if it was real, the enemy is going to give an account for that. So that's where your heart can be at peace and say, God, I know you're fighting for us. I know you're fighting for us. All right, let me read this last thing. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 22 says, On the following day, when the people saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled Again, this is what I want you to understand. I want to reiterate this point one more time. It was all about their flesh, their stomachs. And in a day when we are fighting, and I'm for our restaurants, I'm for our small businesses, but have you heard what we're fighting to get reopened? Things that appeal to something for my stomach. 
Well, I'm sick of eating beans at my house. I'm ready to go to Red Lobster again. I'm ready to sit down at Longhorn. I want sushi. I want Wendy's. I want Taco Bell. Well, we'll go to all three. Let's drive through Taco Bell. Let's go to Captain D's, and we'll go to Wendy's. We're going to get all three because we aim to make everybody happy. Why? Because we want your flesh to be dealt with. And I can't wait till my hair salon gets back open in my nail salon because I'm telling you, I'm sick of this hair and I'm just sick of my nails and I'm just sick. I just, I just, what is that flesh? And who I just can't wait. I'm ready to go shopping because I'm telling you, these old things from last season, they just will not do. I have got to go shopping. Now, all the while, you will not risk your life to go out and tell people about Jesus, but you will risk your life fighting against a virus to go out and appease your flesh. I can't wait to get to the beach. Well, it ain't no, COVID ain't real anyway. We're going to be on the beach and we'll be away from everybody. Hmm. See, it's the heart. You see what I'm saying? God's testing the heart. (laughs) 2020 is looking a whole lot clearer right about now, isn't it? This has been a test of the emergency broadcast system. Now, I'm going to close with this because I'm at the end. Every feast that you read in the Bible, and I invite you to go back and just skim your Bible to find them. The word is called a moed. It's a divine appointment with God. Most of us Christians have no knowledge, okay? No knowledge. And this is why it's important. Those were feast times of the Lord that he called his people back to the temple at that time in Jerusalem. And he said, the head of the household at least has to come and represent the family. To come before me, they would bring sacrifices unto the Lord. Okay? And he let them know this was a rehearsal. A rehearsal. Hear me and hear me well. A rehearsal. A rehearsal. So every year when the children of Israel would go back to the temple... They were rehearsing something. It's a rehearsal. They were rehearsing who Jesus was. He was the feast of weeks, or he was the unleavened bread, or he it, whatever those feasts were showing us, that's what they were rehearsing. God made them practice it. Now, Jesus has already fulfilled all the spring feasts. Where are we at? Smack dab in the middle of the year. The next feast that we will be coming up on is called Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets. It's coming up in September. Most theologians and scholars believe that Jesus will split the eastern sky on that feast. Now, we don't know the day or the hour. We don't know for sure. Can't predict it. None of that. But if he's already fulfilled all of the spring feasts, And if he is yet to fulfill, we've also got the Feast of Tabernacles that are in the fall. That's what they believe the marriage supper of the Lamb is going to be. We're we're spending time with the Lord, fellowshipping, eating of of, of that wonderful feast. All of that is at the end of this. So if it is a rehearsal, now let's pretend we were having a wedding. What would we do? We would rehearse. We would make sure that everybody comes up, gets in place. Oh, Gigi, you come stand right